0: Hey y'all, welcome to episode 18 of Relationshipping and Handling, a podcast about relationships and how to handle different aspects of those relationships. I am your host, Hunter, and uh, for those of y'all who can't see, if y'all are listening to this instead of watching on my YouTube, uh, I have gone in a different direction, changed things up a little bit. Uh, I'm wearing a uh, Dallas Stars hat instead of my regular go-to camo Rangers hat. Um, this was given to me by my brother. So shout out to Colton. Thank you very much for this awesome hat. Um, it's, uh, it's a new year, new me, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is 2021. This is my first podcast of 2021. Um, and Oddly enough, that kind of brings me into what I'm going to be uh, talking about today. Um, that is a phrase that we hear a lot um, around the new year. New year, new me. Um, it's this idea of it's a new year, and so there's a new beginning and uh, new possibilities, a new future, things like that. Um, and, you know, somewhat that's, that's a little true. A lot of people do different things for the new year, uh, one of which is having a word for the year. Uh, you guys know that I do that. Um, if you do that, please, um, you know, hit up the comments on my Instagram or hit up the comments on this YouTube um, or, or whatever. And let me know what your word of the year is. I'm pretty curious to hear what some people's words are and tell me why it is your word. You guys know that in the year 2020, my word was humility. Uh, I think I lived up to that a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Definitely fell short in in a lot of areas whenever it came to that. Um, But this year, I wanted to share with you guys um, that my word for this year, for 2021, is discipline. Um, Now, when it comes to having a word for the year, um, I do listen to God and, and hear what He's saying um what my word should be for the year um, that is one way of going about it. Um, another thing that I do um, whenever it comes to having a word for the year is also looking into the Bible digging in and seeing where that word is being used and and kind of committing to memory some of the word or some of the verses uh, surrounding that word. So for me I want to go ahead and, and jump in and, and tell you guys a few verses that I'm going to be committing to memory. Um while also committing to discipline through 2021, the first comes from uh, Hebrews 12:11. Uh, it says, "No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained in it. Also another verse that I'm going to be committing to memory is uh, Revelation 3:19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Who doesn't want to be loved by God, right? He, at this time, it's a, it's one of the last letters. And in fact, I think it is the last letter to the churches um, in Revelation, uh, the church at Laodicea. If I said that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, But this is God talking to his church, and he's saying, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Another verse is found in Titus, a very small book in the Bible. Uh, Titus 1.8 says, rather he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. This is This is talking about who elders are in the church, and uh, picking an elder and and being an elder, um, someone who is respected, someone who is in leadership, um, being self-disciplined, self-control, upright, holy, and disciplined. Those are some things that I definitely want to strive after and being. And lastly, a couple of verses um, that I'll be committing to memory when it comes to discipline is uh Proverbs um 3:11 and 12 My son do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son the son he delights in I want to be a, a child that the father that God delights in and loves so I'm looking forward to moving forward in this year um, and living out discipline and and having more discipline. Um, for those of y'all who know who I am, uh, that seems a little off, um, but I know that this is something that God has really placed in my heart. So that's one thing that people do for uh, the new year. Another thing that many people do, and I've done it periodically, is have New Year's resolutions. Um, I had a few the, in 2020, uh, fell short on a lot of them, <laughs> um, but in some of them I, I did follow through in. Um, I believe that it can be um, a good thing from time to time. Um, something that I have realized and and I did some research in is the fact that over the last five years, um, 2015 through 2020, over fifty percent of these people who who have resolutions each year, they have, you know, one or both of these top two subjects. And the first is health. Um, and that can be in the form of dieting, uh, losing weight, uh, eating better, uh, working out more. And then, uh, the, the second is money. Um, and that can be paying off debt, saving more, um, sticking to a budget. Um, now I've talked about health in, in a couple of episodes before. Um, in episode two, um, the one entitled "Me, Myself, and I," um, one that I have actually talked about uh, multiple times. Uh, actually, this is the third week in a row that I have talked about this uh, podcast. Um, I talk about a relationship with yourself and and what that looks like as far as like seeing yourself and how God sees you. Um, if you want to hear more about that, if if health is one of those resolutions. That you are, are you have put forward in in your 2021, uh, definitely go take a look at it and and listen to it. Um, now God has placed this on my heart to mention it three times in a row. So if if it's something that is maybe being convicted on your heart, go and take a listen. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but if God is laying this on my heart so often, and there's probably a few people out there that need to take a listen. Also, in episode five, I talk about self-care and what self-care is supposed to be, what it's become. Um, it's a very controversial uh, episode, I believe, um, and if self-care is one of those things that you are moving forward in 2021 with a resolution to have more of or whatever, then go take a listen to that. This week, I'm looking into that second resolution, and that is money. Uh, So this week, my core scripture is going to be found in Matthew 6, 24. And Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, before we dive into this, Let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much um, for giving me the time and the space to do this, uh, for allowing me to be in a country where I can do this freely. I thank you so much for laying this on my heart as this new year um, turns around, the calendar turns around to 2021, and so many people are looking at uh, doing something with money, God. I I pray that you will just speak through me. Uh, I pray that You just give me the wisdom and dig deep into um, these relationships that we have with money, God. And and I I thank you so much for putting this on my heart. I love you and I praise you, God. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. So I want to start off and say, give a little bit of, of information, some facts, right? There are only about... 500 verses in the Bible, and that's quite a bit, 500 verses in the Bible that speak about faith and prayer. And faith and prayer are two big things whenever it comes to Christianity. But in contrast, there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that deal with money. So I'm not saying that money is more important than faith and prayer. That's not what I'm saying at all. That is definitely not the truth. But God has a lot to say about money. So we need to be listening and really paying attention. Also, when Jesus came to this earth, he taught in ways of like giving parables. And 40% or so of his parables, so one-fifth or, or two-fifths of his, of his parables that he, he spoke on, deal with money. So since this is a podcast about relationships... And we're talking about money. Well, then we need to talk about the different relationships that people can have with money. And first, let's kind of identify some of the things, some of the different relationships we can have with money. These are four relationships that I have at one point or another um, had with money, and I believe are some of the top relationships with money, right? And the first is being controlled by money. The second, being defined by money. The third is this relationship of an, it's necessary for life. It's a necessity of life, money is. And then the fourth being that you're a steward of money. Now jumping on into um, what it's like to be controlled by money. Uh, really, for these people when you are controlled by money, if that's the relationship that you have with money, then it's your reason for living. Um, some workaholics have this as their basis for life. It, money is their basis for life, and that's the reason why they are a workaholic. Now, when it comes to um, addictions, which I have had addictions, and I still struggle with addictions, there are a lot of underlying issues there. But one of the biggest things I believe whenever it comes to work, uh, workaholi, workaholism, that's a kind of a weird word, is that your relation, that person's relationship with money is the reason for living. Um, also if, if you are controlled by money, then your satisfaction is dependent on how much you have, right? it's it's ultimately the American dream right go out and make as much money as possible and that will make you happy because you'll be able to do whatever you want you'll be able to keep up with the Joneses right interestingly enough in 2019 the average American had about had over $90,000 in debt that's what that's what chasing the American dream is is being $90,000 or more in debt. Man, that's just, that just sounds pretty sad to me. But that sounds like a lot of people controlled by money. Now if you're controlled by money, essentially money is an idol. It's your master. It's what makes your decisions for you. You, you end up saying things like, I need more money, so I will work more to pay off debt. I need more money, so I'll work more so that I can afford more things. I need more money, so I'll work more so that I can get that promotion, so that I can make that more money. So let me go back to the core scripture for this week in Matthew 6, 24, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Ultimately, guys, if you're letting money control you, well, then God can't work in your life. Here's the truth that no one really wants to hear, and that is none of us have control over our own lives. We are slaves that's a, that's a taboo word, but it's true. We are all slaves. But the good news is, is that you yourself can choose who is your master and who you're a slave to. It can be one of two things, and that is sin, which can manifest itself in selfishness, um, being ruled by your emotions and letting that be your master. Um, sex, that's one thing that has ruled my life at one point or another. Or even like we're talking about today, money. That can be your master. Or the second thing that can be your master, and that is God. So you have a choice. Be the be a slave to either sin, which encompasses many different things, money included, what we're talking about today, or God. Now the second relationship that I want to talk about today with money is being defined by money. It's essentially who you are as a person is how much you have. It can be a person who's rich. It can be a person who's poor. It can be a person who's in between. But ultimately, it's how they see themselves, right? You attach a dollar sign to your own life and your own self-worth. A poor person... with can see themselves if they have this relationship with money, they probably see themselves as inferior to other people because they don't have as much money. They can't buy the the things that other people can buy. They see themselves as worthless or not good enough. And then a rich person, a person who has more money than cents and more dollars than cents, that's the that's the phrase, they see themselves as superior to other people because they have more and because they can go out and buy whatever it is that they want. Also a person who is defined by money can allow that to leak into and infiltrate into their personality traits and characteristics of a person themselves. It influences emotions and actions. Now if you're poor and you see yourself as poor and that's how you define yourself Well, then that influences, uh, that can influence you to have pride and which can then lead to not allowing other people to help you. It could also influence you to be entitled, which then makes you, could make you more bold or kind of demand uh, people to help you and charity for yourself. Um, but it also goes the other other direction. A rich person, or if this person is rich, or or defined by having a lot of money, it can, it can influence that person to uh, be impulsive, and pretty much do whatever they want, buy whatever they want, you know, say whatever they want, because they're defining themselves as being rich or having enough money. It ultimately goes back to that superiority that they have. It can also influence a person to be very stingy with their money and not give and help other people. Now, Jesus talks about this in Mark ten seventeen through 24. It says, As Jesus started on his way, a man run up, ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this story is sometimes entitled The Rich Young Ruler, or, or The Rich Young Man, or, or whatever. This man was clearly defined by his money. It, it defined who he was. You can see that in his reaction to Jesus in verse 22 whenever it says he went away sad because he had great wealth. He didn't want to give up his own life essentially because he had he had put all of all of his eggs in that basket of being wealthy. Now, the third relationship that I'm talking about today when it comes to money is seeing money and having uh, this relationship with money of it is necessary for life, right? This is a person who says, I can't live without money. It's the it's the reason for many, many decisions in life. I mean, it's the reason for decisions uh, on a job or an education or uh, friends that a person has or where to live. I mean, this person is making compromises for money. It's the idea that you have to work uh, over going to church. It's this idea that you that you have to get a certain education rather than pursuing happiness or a passion in life. It's this idea that that you need to move for a better job rather than have a better home and a better home life for you and your family. In 1 Timothy 6, 6-10, it says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing We will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Essentially, what Paul is saying is that there are a lot of people out there that um, that might seem to be the most faithful, but it's pretty easy for that person who who might on the outside look like the best uh, Christian out there to compromise their own faith for money. Now, Paul mentions in verse 8, the necessities of life, uh, of food and clothing. Now, of course, there are other necessities, air, of course, uh, water to drink, shelter. But if you keep in mind that these are the only necessities that you have, then there will be contentment with life. And all the other things are wants and desires. But if you have this relationship with money, that it's a necessity of life, well, then you won't be content with the things that are true necessities of life. Also, side note, I think it's pretty interesting that Paul, um, while writing to Timothy about this, he he talks about money and false teachers all in the same, like, paragraph or so. Um, I didn't read about the false teachers part, but it's all in the same uh, little subheading. And... So that's kind of interesting. It's something that you might think about whenever you see these mega churches and and the pastors of these mega churches that have these mega salaries. Like, hmm, it's a little, it's a little interesting, I think. Uh, but that's for another time. (laughs) But lastly, the relationship that I want to talk about whenever it comes to, um, money is being a steward of money. Now, this is a person who sees it as an object. There's, it holds no special power or significance at all. It's, it's realizing that people invented, at, at one point or another, this, this way of gaining and, and giving away uh, necessities from other people uh, by putting worth on money. That dollar bill and that credit card are simply paper and plastic, nothing else. Also, whenever you're a steward of money, ultimately it's it's saying um, like, how are you using your money? And and believe me, you can you can be a good steward and you can be a bad steward. This can be a good thing and this could be a bad thing. It can be used for good or used for evil. So, what are you spending? your money on. In Matthew 6, uh, back towards uh, the the core scripture of the, of the day, um, but back a couple of verses, in verse 19 uh, through 21, Jesus says, do not store up your for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. Whatever you truly care about, love, worship is worth your time. Whatever that may be is where your money is going to be going. And also in Proverbs three nine the very wise Solomon says honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops now that of course is talking about the thing that that we should all be believing in whenever we're and in being a, a good steward of money in the fact that all this money that we have, is all God's anyway, and so our first fruits, or the best of of whatever it is that we back then, it's whatever they would grow, um, or or the first harvest, uh, first portion of the harvest, go straight back to God. And so, the question is also like, when are you giving to God? Are you giving to God? Um, towards the end of your paycheck? Are you waiting as long as possible to make sure that you have enough money for whatever it is that you need throughout the week? Or are you giving him the very first of, of your paycheck? The very first of the of the money coming in. So one thing I wanna challenge myself and, and also y'all on is take a look at your bank statement. I, I don't know how many of y'all actually get a bank statement But that bank statement is going to tell you how you're stewarding your money. You're going to see what's important to you because you're going to see how much you're spending on whatever. You're also going to see when you're giving that money to whatever it is. Like if you're getting your paycheck and immediately you're paying for, you know, extravagant things, Well, then that's probably where your heart is. So ultimately, everyone has a relationship with money. The question is, what is yours? Really be honest with yourself and and, and find out. Your relationship with God and with other people will benefit or suffer depending on the answer of what your relationship with money is. Is your relationship with God or money more important to you? And you're going to be able to tell that based on what your relationship is with money. So let's move forward in 2021 with this in mind. Keeping in mind what our relationship with money is and how to properly navigate to what a healthy relationship with money is. You know, ultimately, we all need to be stewards of money and think of all of the money that we receive as God's money anyway and just doing whatever it is that God tells you to do with it. And it, as as I said, as we're move, moving into and we're, we're starting 2021, if you made any sort of resolution, uh, especially with money for 2021, how are you going to achieve it in a healthy way. Keep that in mind. And also, reach out and tell me what your resolutions are for 2021. Uh, Money related or not. I'm pretty curious to hear what some people's resolutions are. Um, I might not have resolutions that I have written out, but I do have goals um, for myself moving forward. And this might help me out in, in one way or another. It might also help other people out. So, um, ultimately, how does this all play into the overall core scripture of this podcast of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself? Ultimately, God, like I said before, whatever the relationship you have with money is, is going to greatly affect, whether it be benefit or, or you know destroy relationships with God and with other people. So let's keep this in mind as we're going forward. Uh, I I really appreciate y'all listening or watching this. Um, If this was something that helped you out, um, or you think maybe someone could benefit from it, share it, get it out there, like it. You know, I'm not in this for the likes and the sharing or whatever, but I just want to be a a conduit from God um, to share with other people um, things that that, that maybe people can stand to hear. Uh, but until next week, guys, I love y'all and, uh, God bless y'all. See you later.